us to look at God's people and their challenge, the challenge that they had to grow. Think back to the book of Exodus. We'll look here in Exodus 14 in just a minute. How God freed His people, the Israelites, from 400, over 400 years of slavery in Egypt. Now you think about that. If, if you were held slave uh, as a slave and you were made to do certain things, wouldn't you want freedom? Most slaves fight and live for freedom, don't they? And I'm sure these individuals did, for the Bible says they cried out to the Lord and the Lord heard their cry. They were finally then, here in Exodus chapter 14 and following, they were finally a new nation. Though even without knowledge, though they had the ability, but without knowledge to even govern themselves, and no matter how much God showed His power and protection, His guidance, they were reluctant to let go of their old ways, weren't they? The things that they knew, even the not-so-good things, they had grown accustomed to. And so it was a challenge. But I want you to notice this occasion in Exodus chapter 14. As they stood on the banks of the Red Sea, you remember the scene. They had fled Egypt, and here they are. They're finally free. Thousands of people. And they're camped on the bank of the Red Sea. And then Pharaoh, he has a change of heart and he begins to pursue them with all of his men. And so here the children of Israel are, camped on the bank of the Red Sea, water in front of them and an angry army behind them. We might say they were in a rock, between a rock and a hard place, right? And so that was their situation. But notice what happens in verses 10 through 12. These people cry out to Moses. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Because of their fear, because even in slavery, for hundreds of years, they had grown accustomed to that and become comfortable with that, but not so comfortable that they couldn't cry out with God to God. But yet in their deliverance, because they were afraid, God is trying to get them to grow and rely on Him and realize, I'm going to take care of you. And yet they complained and cried out to Moses, we would rather die serving the Egyptians than out here in the wilderness. But notice what God did for them anyway. Verses 13 and following. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will flight, fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod 
and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. This is a story we've been taught, if you've been going to church all your life, you've been taught since you were a child. Uh, Many of us remember the old Charlton Heston movie, right? Uh, And Moses parting the Red Sea. And in how powerful that was. And this story comes to life as we study and as we think about it. But in their fear, they cried out, we would rather be back where it was safe than to grow and to be better and to live in the promised land. Look over in chapter 15, the end of chapter 15 and the first part of chapter 16. Uh, This is another occasion when the people began to complain because they didn't have good water and they didn't have enough food. Notice what the Bible says at the end of chapter 15 and verse 22. Mind you, they had just crossed the Red Sea. Uh, They had just uh, sang the song of Moses and also the song of Miriam. And then the Bible says in verse 22, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, uh, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statue and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in the sight, in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep his, all his statutes, and I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where, they, where there were twelve wells of water and seventy palm trees, and they camped there by the waters. They've seen God's deliverance through the plagues, through allowing them to leave this Egyptian slavery for over uh, 400 years. Even though they were afraid and they cried out, God delivers them in the midst of that. And they see the waters come back on the Egyptians. And then they sing and they praise. And God again, they come, they don't have any water, they complain. Because the water's bitter and God provides for them. Chapter 16, verse 1, And they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had departed the land of Egypt. It's only been about a month and a half. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. They have seen God deliver them, and yet they continue to complain. They continue to complain against growing. Because you see, growing's not easy. They needed courage. And they complained to Moses, and they said, Listen, Oh, that we would have died in Egypt with the pots full of meat. 
Oh, that we would have died as slaves in Egypt being forced to do all that labor, but we had food. We had plenty. But it was on this occasion that God provided quail and manna from heaven for them to eat. And isn't it interesting that God provided out of His love even though they grumbled against Him? In both cases, they failed to recognize that God was with them and would provide for them. But they had rather look back longing to their slavery and forgetting the hardships they endured from the Egyptian slave masters, preferring instead to take care of the immediate. You ever talk about the good old days? Oh man, those were the good old days, wasn't they? Man, when things were like this and things were like that, man, that was the good old days. Things were awesome. What do we tend to forget a lot of times? That even in the good old days, there were some difficult days, weren't there? I had a friend, an elder friend one time, encourage me, say, look forward and keep going forward and don't look back. What was he saying? Don't be like the Egyptians. Things will be tough, but you can do it. You can grow. As long as you look forward, don't look back. Looking, the, looking back is easy. And we see that in the children of Israel. Even though we see the story, we know how the story turns out. They didn't. And they had to walk by faith. They had to be courageous. Which reminds me, turn over to Joshua chapter 1. Think about old Joshua. Think about what Joshua, what he had to deal with. What situation he was in. We've read about Moses. The great task that, that Moses was called to do to lead the children of Israel, which he was kind of reluctant when it was his time. But even the great Moses had to be pushed and challenged and encouraged to move forward and grow. And sometimes it's hard when we're comfortable, isn't it? And so Moses, all the great things he had done, Moses, the Bible said, died. And so God had appointed a new leader, and that was Joshua. And I want you to notice the words uh, that, that God gives Joshua when he's having to fill these huge shoes. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that God has asked Joshua to, to fill Moses' shoes? I wonder if Joshua wanted to say, Lord, I can't do that. I can't be Moses. Right. I can't do what Moses could do. I can't be the kind of leader that Moses was. But this is what God tells Joshua, revealed through the Holy Spirit in Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. And after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua the son of Nun, 
Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I, will, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Now think about that for a minute. God is asking Joshua. You're the leader now. Arise. Moses has passed on. The time of mourning has passed. Arise and lead these people and go across the Jordan. In the land I've already promised you and I promised Moses and he shared with the people. But God, um, I remember how they complained out in the wilderness. And you want me to lead these people? Yes. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with, Mo with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for when you will make your way prosperous... And then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua had seen the people complain. Joshua had seen these people die out in the desert because of their fear and because of their unfaithfulness. Because of their lack of courage to grow. And now you want me to fill Moses' shoes and lead these people? That's exactly what I want you to do, Joshua. But I'm not like Moses. I know you're not, Joshua. You're exactly like I created you to be. But here's the one thing that you need to know. I will be with you just like I was with Moses. Have courage. Have courage and move forward despite the obstacles that you see before you. It's a challenge to grow, isn't it? It was a challenge for the children of Israel. And you know, Christians today sometimes struggle with this as well. Turn your Bibles to the book of James. In our class this morning, we just happened to be in the book of James, chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. You see, James wrote to these individuals because they were dealing with, uh, they were struggling in their faith. They were struggling in the growth of their faith. And James writes to them and he says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says, says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? 
If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? This also, uh, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. James says, listen, if you're not living out your faith in action, then your faith is dead. You see, these people were struggling with complacency. They said they had faith, but they did not act on their faith. They were comfortable where they were. They felt like they were good enough. They were satisfied and comfortable with their shallow faith. And they felt just because they said they had faith, they were fine. But James says, listen, what you need to realize is when you're not growing in faith, you're not living in faith, you're not moving forward in faith despite the obstacles, it's a dead faith and it's no good to the kingdom. Sometimes it's easy to accept mediocrity, isn't it? Mediocrity in our service to the Lord. Mediocrity in our, our faith walk. Hey, I'm good. Everything's good. I'm good enough. But you see, the reality why we're looking at this is because God has always wanted His people to grow and move forward. God wants you to be farther along in your faith walk tomorrow than you are today. And we can't do that staying put. We can't do that remaining comfortable. We can't do that seeking mediocrity. I want to share something. I'm sure I've shared this with you before, but I want to share it with you again. An article that I came across that's entitled, Reject Mediocrity and Reach for Greatness. When an air band called Airpocalypse made the final cut on America's Got Talent, the teens and young adults visiting a, a friend of mine, this guy writing, erupted in protest. What kind of talent does it take to play in an air band? Anyone can do that. What's so great about an air band, no matter how good they are? The writer says, I agree, an air band's rendition of a song, no matter how polished or fun, just isn't excellence. It's only a talent competition, and we can disagree about the merits of air bands, he says. But the image of an air band playing imaginary instruments with great gusto and raving to the audience that the competition means everything to them symbolizes the mediocrity infecting our culture. An Icelandic proverb says, Mediocrity is climbing molehills without sweating. And it suggests... The two faces of mediocrity. First, first off, spending significant time and outsized effort on things that don't really matter. And second, spending minimal time and half-hearted effort on things that do. And that's what God wanted the children of Israel to understand. Don't spend time looking back and wanting to be in slavery where it was easier, where you had the pots full of meat. Work on those things that mean something. Moving forward and growing. The article goes on and says, We easily recognize mediocrity in half-baked efforts. It's the whatever mentality, the good enough attitude that wants to slide by with minimal effort unless there's a promised reward. 
One English teacher shared her frustration that the margin notes and verbal uh, suggestions she offered to students on students' papers, hoping to spur a desire for excellence, were typically met with bored faces, shoulder shrugs, and, okay, whatever. Sometimes they'd follow up with a question. Well, isn't it good enough to pass? He says, that's mediocrity. It's harder, though, to recognize the hidden face of mediocrity, pursuing perfection in things that don't really matter while neglecting the things that really do. It's insidious in today's culture. It begins with the schools and media telling our children that no particular moral standards or values are better than than any other. It really doesn't matter what you do, they say, as long as it makes you happy. And that's mediocrity. And God doesn't want us to stay there. He wants us to move. He wants us to grow. Well, sometimes, like Joshua, we need to be encouraged. We need to receive the courage, be passed on the courage to grow. Someone said courage is a quality that looks at the situation and takes action in spite of our fears. James challenged and encouraged his readers to remember the faith examples of Abraham and Rahab. You see, in spite of fearful and dreadful situations, they pressed on, they moved forward, they did not look back. Like Lot's wife. Rahab still helped God's people despite pressure from the city officials. They pressed on in obedience of what God had asked of them or of their belief in the Almighty God. Maybe sometimes you ask or you're afraid that someone might harm you in your effort to grow. The Bible offers verses like Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear Him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Maybe you have a fear that God will not follow through with His promises. Remember passages like Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Maybe you're lacking in an understanding of the importance of the mission. Paul would remind us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 7 and following. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to the death of Jesus for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh. The mission is far greater even than our life. The mission is far greater sometimes than the difficulty. 
One thing I've learned recently, I read uh, someone say, when, when you're going through difficulties, or when it feels like Satan's attacking you, don't sometimes we just want to give up? Don't sometimes we just want to be like the children of Israel and say, God, why you got me in this situation? I'd be better off just sitting over there in the pain that I used to be in, eating the food. And we want to give up. You know what the reality is? You know why Satan attacks us? Satan doesn't care about us. Satan attacks us because we choose to follow God. And what Satan wants to do is Satan wants to hurt God. So keep on keeping on. You see, the reality is that the greatest example of courage, even in the face of persecution, is our Lord Jesus. Knowing what He would face in the city of Jerusalem. Knowing the rejection, knowing the pain, knowing the death. Luke chapter 9 and verse 51 says, He set His face to go to Jerusalem. Despite knowing what was ahead, the Lord went. What courage. What encouragement that we can receive from Him. What encouragement we can receive from the Scriptures. It's not easy moving forward. It's not easy growing. But as we study God's Word, And as we grow in the knowledge of that Word, and that Word grows in us, it pushes us to grow. It pushes us to move forward. It pushes us to move beyond our comfort. It pushes us to grow beyond mediocrity. Lloyd Blunt is quoted by Karen Winger in Minneapolis St. Paul Star Tribune. When Ralph Hawk was manager of the New York Yankees, baseball schedules were even more exciting than they are now with doubleheaders almost every week. Occasionally, a player would get sick of the grind and approach Hawk asking for permission to sit out a game. I know how you feel, the manager would say gently, genuinely. Sure, take the day off, but do me a favor. You're in the starting lineup. Just play one inning and then skip the rest of the game. The player would honor Hawk's request and almost invariably get caught up in the spirit of the game and play it out to the end. Do you feel like giving up tonight? Are you discouraged? Here's what God through His Word would want us to understand. I'm going to be with you. Just like I was Moses. Just like I was Joshua. Just like I was Daniel and David and Gideon. Just like I was Paul and Peter and James and John. Keep on keeping on. Sometimes we're going to get tired of the grind. Feel like giving up. Feel like giving in. But we must stay the path until the end. We must receive courage from God's Word. And courage from each other. You know, that, that, that's why it's important that we are together as often as we can. So we can encourage each other. Because don't we all know life is difficult? Don't we all know when we try to follow God, Satan is there right around the corner waiting to attack? And we need encouragement. 
We need God's Word. And we need each other. Maybe you're here tonight and you're discouraged. What better time? Look around with people that have a desire to be together and people that want to be here for one another and encourage you. We'll do that. We'll lift you in prayer tonight to Almighty God asking for strength and for courage. Maybe you're here tonight and uh, we, we always like to give the opportunity for anyone that would desire to give their life to the Lord. If you're here tonight and you want to do that, we want to assist you in that. Are you ready to give your life to the Lord like He's given His life for you? By submitting, showing your faith, being buried with Him in baptism to rise in newness of life. Whatever your need is tonight, please don't hesitate. But come forward and let us assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing. down before your holy throne lifting holy hands to you as I pledge my love anew I worship you in spirit I worship you in truth. May my life a holy praise unto you. On bended knee I come. With a broken heart I come. Bowing down before your holy throne. As I look upon your face, show your mercy and your grace. Change my life, O Holy Spirit. Make me fresh and ever new. May my life a holy sacrifice to you. Please be seated. Lisa Haley has come tonight and uh, she's shared some things on her heart, some things that are going on in her life, some difficulties, and it's, she says it's, it's beginning to affect her physically. And so she's come tonight and she just wants to turn those old things over to the Lord and ask the Lord to help her, to be with her, to give her strength, and to help her through uh, these difficulties. So Lisa, thank you so much for coming and sharing that with us. Let us, let us go to our Heavenly Father in prayer on Lisa's behalf. Almighty God, Jehovah, Father, we humbly approach Your throne of grace and we thank You so much for being our God. We thank You so much for our Savior Jesus Christ, for our Helper, the Holy Spirit. We thank You so much for Your Holy Word that we have as a guide as well. 
Father, we thank You for the church. We thank You for the opportunity to encourage one another and to help strengthen one another in our faith walk. And Father, we tonight thank You for Lisa Haley. Father, we thank You that uh, she's a part of our church family. We thank You that, that she's here with us. But Father, tonight she's come and she's struggling. And Father, she has some struggles in her, in her life, and I'm not sure what all those are, but Father, I just, we just lift those up to You. Father, she comes tonight and she places those at Your throne. And Father, she's asking for help. And I pray, Father, that You will, that you will give her the strength that she needs to fight. That You will give her the courage that she needs to be strong. Father, that You will give her the things that she needs, Father, to battle forward. Father, I pray that she will also know that she has a family that cares for her and that's trying to support her as well. And that's lifting her in prayer. And I pray, Father, that, that, that she will know Your presence in her life. And Father, that she will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that You are helping her and You are carrying her. And that, Father, she will also do her part and battle through these things. And Father, we thank You so much for her example, her courage to even come before a group of people and to say, I'm struggling and I need help. And Father, we thank You for that. And Father, I just ask Your blessings on Lisa tonight. I pray for peace. I pray for strength and I pray for courage in her life. And Father, I pray for things to improve. I pray that You will help carry her through these battles. And Father, there may be others here tonight that's dealing with similar things or going through struggles that need similar strength and similar peace and similar comfort. And I just pray that You will be with them and help them as well. Father, thank You for the opportunity to be here. Thank You for being our audience. Thank You for the opportunity to study Your Word. And Father, tonight we thank You for Lisa and we lift her up and her, and her struggles to You. Thank You, Father. Forgive us of all of our many sins. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.